I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome to this Comic Book Nation bonus episode where we decided to step on a grenade of our own making by ranking the movies of the DC Extended Universe Never been the official name, but better known as the DCEU. DC is about to enter a whole new era after this year, and we decided it's long overdue that we got into ranking the movies of the DCEU because, I mean, we've been doing this since some of these movies have been dropping, and uh, we've never formally talked about this as a crew in five years of doing this show. I don't think Man. we've ever been nitty gritty about how we all really feel about the highly controversial, highly divisive DCEU era. So we're recording this, obviously, before the release of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, because does anybody really care? Is that going to change things for really anybody? Anybody no, here? No. no. I no. only would have cared if they replaced Amber Heard. Uh, whoop. Oh, all right. Well, well, didn't even wait for the countdown. Well, that would have just been cool. It would have been interesting to see. I think it would have drawn a lot of people. Um. Yeah. All right. So there you have it. I mean, we're just all right. We just. I mean, the sword's already out, and we didn't even start the countdown. So there are 15 <laughs> movies in the DCEU that we will be ranking today, and they are as follows. I got to pull up my list because it gets hard. We have. Oh, wait, I gave them to you guys. Did I give them to you guys an order before? Yeah, that was like a better list. <laughs> give us your order now. <laughs> yeah, I was about to, right? I was about to just step into giving you guys my order because I'm because I'm I so mean, we'll smart. be revealing all of them as we go. Yeah. Yeah. So we might as well just so, jump on. Yeah, in. let's just jump on in and just get into it, because why do all the preamble? Right. <laughs> so I think we go and our usual thing is to go by order of first name. Right. So it's like mm -hmm. Connor, Janelle. Oh, I love that. Yeah, JK. Yeah, then me, then Matt. I was so. always last in class because of my last name. Yeah, so yeah. this is cool. That makes yeah. sense. Right. <laughs> I think I always say, if I fall in the same spot somehow. <laughs> All right. But uh, let's get it started. So we're going to do this since there are 15 of these films. We're going to do two at a time, uh, I think, okay. up until I think I said uh, our top six. When we get to like the top six, we'll slow it down for one at a time explanations because those are the films that really are worthy of more talking points. Yeah, so yeah. we're going to try to keep it a little bit speedy especially on these lower films that are just going to get ragged on. So <laughs> let's not be too, too hard to quote the Simpsons. Stop, stop. Many of these are already dead. So <laughs> let's go. Connor Casey, get it kicked off. What were your number 15 and 14 picks for the DCEU movies? Well, number 15 should come as no surprise. If you know me, it's The Flash. This movie knows what it did. It knows that it had some gross stuff behind the scenes and on camera. Still trying to figure out how the hell George Reeves was on screen, guys. Need some explanation on that one. Uh, this movie is a testament to the infected, on-fire, sinking ship that was the DCEU. And it stands in effigy of everything that was wrong with it and its poor leadership 
over the many years of its existence. It deserves the bottom spot. Number 14 uh, is a movie where I don't know what drugs were taken in order to make this movie happen, but I'm curious as to what that experience would be like. It's Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I Spoiler alert, I really like the first Wonder Woman. It's pretty high on my list. I don't have a freaking clue what was going on with this one. Everything from what they were doing with Kristen Wiig's character to the god-awful editing to the whole just, hey, let's speak, let's speak in platitudes for the entire movie about wishes and the truth and God knows what else. Why was this movie set in the 1980s? Eh, not really important. It, it's an entire mess, and it came out at a time when the world needed some good distractions, and it failed miserably in that department. So it's at the bottom of the list as well. Nice. Kicking things off on a real easy, <laughs> easy going note. Here we go. I love it. I mean, Connor was fired up and ready to just that's rag. I mean, and that's what yes. I get to be on this. Connor show. warned right. us yesterday. Janelle, so, go. Yes. Yeah, so for me, um, I'm going to say as a whole, when I was looking back in general, I was like, I don't like hate anything. I just am disappointed. So mine is more like level of disappointment. And so my number one most disappointed film um, in this DCEU is Suicide Squad from 2016. Um, biggest reason why is because Jared Leto Joker was something I was so looking forward to seeing. I loved the teasers. I was really excited about him as an actor and we saw nothing. So I can't even judge him on his Joker because I didn't see any of it. Also, it was just a disjointed film. It had so much potential with the cast. And honestly, like the Suicide Squad is so freaking cool. Um, this was the biggest disappointment to me. And I thought it was not that bad. And when I tried to rewatch it recently, I couldn't even get through it. And that never happens for me. I am... I am a ride or die. Like I will sit and watch through a movie, even if I don't like it. I could not get through it again. So biggest disappointment, Suicide Squad. Uh, my next pick is Justice League from 2017. I also, whenever there's an ensemble cast, whenever there's a ton of characters that I love getting together to do something awesome, I was so excited for this. I cannot tell you like how pumped I was to get an Avengers DC. And um, I was just so, so, so disappointed with this film. It didn't make sense to me. It felt like they cut out so much stuff as we had come to find out. Um, and I'm really excited to finish this list and, and talk more about this. So I'm just going to let it breathe on that. Justice League is 14 for me. All right, and now for the time when the list starts to enter the realm of sanity. Here we go. <laughs> My number 15 pick for the worst of the DCEU is Shazam! Fury of the Gods. This is, you know, I don't just judge comic book movies like a lot of these pundits out here today. I actually judge cinema. And just on a cinematic level, this is just a really poor movie. It's poorly put together. Uh, the two lead actors can't even agree on a performance. Uh, Asher Angel, Angel's doing something completely different than the shtick Zachary Levi's doing. So therefore, the Shazam character doesn't even work. It has one of the worst villain stories. Um, David F. Sandberg, I think, was always mismatched for this franchise. I just recently, as my horror movie viewing was doing, rewatched his uh, breakout film Lights Out, which is excellent. 
And, you know, this just never fit Shazam. There's a scene in here where somebody's favorite teacher jumps off a roof and the kid is legitimately scarred. Like little Freddie is scarred and like, oh, my God. Like, and it's like, why is this in this movie where half the cast is kids and like being goofy? It's just totally a mess. Everything about it's a mess. It's tired. And like and like Connor claimed about the flash, this is just was like the sign of where the DCEU really was just it was out of gas and just running on fumes. And even the actors don't even look like they're having all that great of a time in it. And Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, I'm glad you guys got a paycheck. But good Lord. All right. I'm done beating up on that. My number 14 pick is also Justice Justice League. There's been a couple times in my DC uh, movie or just comic book movie viewing life where I've seen the first scene of a movie and been like, wow, I really need to get up and get out of here. Um, This is going to be a disaster. And everything, the whole entire debacle with Justice League, I mean, we covered it. I was in the office when we got the news that Zack Snyder was gone and Josh Whedon was taken over and we nearly fell over our desks. Um, Yeah, the very first scene of this with Batman on that rooftop, you know, it's just, it's clearly really bad. And it's, I don't see how anybody can now know what really happened all behind the scenes, what we saw with Zack Snyder's version of the film and put this anywhere else besides near the bottom of the barrel where it belongs. So that's my number 14 pick over to Matt. Oh uh, yeah. So number 15, uh, Kofi, I, we are in agreement. Uh, Shazam Fury of the Gods is my, is my last pick. Uh, I, you know, I didn't hate this. I mean, I'm kind of in Janelle's corner, you know, like, there's things I rag on, obviously, but like I didn't I didn't hate this movie, I feel like, as much as everyone else did. However, it is just simply the weakest. I mean, it's just and also, you know, as we're about to get into here, the Shazam side of things just felt so, you know, like there was so much potential there to connect the universe and connect these characters. And then it's, everything just kind of fell apart. So uh, Kofi put it really well. I, I think he said everything <laughs> I need to say about this. Uh, and then number 14 is Black Adam. And again, it's actually not, it's it's more about the kind of side of the universe this was trying to carve out. And since everything, the fallout of the film and the box office and all this stuff, and you know, Dwayne Johnson not really being a part of DC EU and all this stuff moving forward, like this thing is just kind of sitting there now because who knows if they're gonna use the JSA stuff? Who knows if they're gonna use any of that stuff? It just feels like now this kind of shazam verse is just kind of done and so these two kind of go together now even though i think black adam is probably a better movie than maybe some others on this list that are further ahead i just think it it's not you know it just feels dead on arrival um and it doesn't have the what i think is incredibly charming about the original shazam to kind of help bolster so those are my two a lot of shazam hate i apologize (laughs) back up to connor casey Number 13, I've got Black Adam. Uh, There's a theme with these next two, and it's things I don't normally do when I'm watching a movie. Uh, With this one, I fell asleep, which is something I usually don't do. Um, This was Dwayne Johnson's attempt to basically use what social cachet and his influence in Hollywood basically come in and try to start calling the shots. He got Henry Cavill in as an extra you know, post credit scene, him and Zachary Levi clearly did not get along, which is why Black Adam, the main villain of Shazam, does not encounter Shazam. What a concept. Uh, the only saving, uh, I don't know how, 
You take one of the most charismatic figures in Hollywood, make him one of the most boring personalities on screen, and have that be the entire crux of your movie. The only saving grace of this is that Pierce Brosnan looked like he was having fun, and I hope whatever whatever addition he got put onto his house from the paycheck was worth it. Number 12, something else I don't usually do when I go see a movie. I don't turn to the people I brought to it after the fact and openly apologize. Number 12 <laughs> is Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. Here's a little story for you. In 2016, I'm a sports reporter in the state of Ohio in a small town called Mansfield. My parents fly out to come visit me for the week. I say, hey, let's go see the new Batman vs. Superman movie. I'm hearing some weird things about it, but hey, maybe it's good. Some of the trailers look promising. I go to it. I watch it, sit through the whole thing, turn to them afterwards and say, I am so sorry for the three hours you will never get back. <laughs> this, no matter how you feel about this movie, the fact that our very first on-screen live action Superman and Batman encounter was, and the best they could do was this, is astoundingly baffling. This should have mattered. This should have been a moment in American cinema. Because comics are one of those few things that are purely an American art form. And these are the two icons of it. And we're finally getting them on screen. And you failed. And I know that there's a director's cut. I know it's a little bit better. But that doesn't make up for the all of its shortcomings. And screw Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor Jr. <laughs> Connor, that's great. That's great. Uh, we're actually we're starting to align here a little bit because my uh, <laughs> my thirteen is Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. I feel like everybody's talked about this at this point. Um, this was such a letdown, and I, in fact, did the same thing that you did with my parents on this film. We sat down during the holidays. We were very excited. I can never get my dad to turn off sports on the big screen in the living room, and I begged him. I said, "It's going to be worth it. It's a." sexy superhero woman. She's going to be amazing. <laughs> After this film, I apologize to my family for wasting their time. Uh, it was just awkward and not enjoyable. Um, and yeah, just it's it was it just uh, felt like meaningless, really. Like, what was the point of this whole story? Was your dad like was the sexy Supergirl supposed to be the cat? Yeah, no, no, that was Wonder Woman. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, so no, I mean, she was still sexy in it, but uh, yeah, let down. Um, and number 12 for me is Batman versus Superman as well. Um, when this came out, I was not with you guys doing DC coverage. I was over at comic book doing The Walking Dead. Um, I was such a casual DC fan. I started off more of a fan of Marvel. So I, as a casual fan, did not feel ready for this. Like, I didn't have enough development of Superman or Batman with Ben and Henry. Um, and so when we got this, it felt really le like left field. I was like, wait, what? Why? Why are they fighting? Like, where did this come from? Why? And I just feel like for the casual viewer, it was really confusing and um, just convoluted and a lot of characters and a lot of context that if you weren't really like knowing the comics or or whatever, you were kind of confused. So that was that was my biggest qualm with it. Going back now, looking back when I rewatched this, I was like, oh yeah, it makes more sense. Cause like I know about, you know, that rift between the two. But back then I was very confused. So yeah. All right, Kofi. 
Wow. I think the moral of the last segment was <laughs> don't still be watching superhero movies with your parents. Let's yes. go. Let's, <laughs> Let's go on. Yeah. I stopped that a long time ago, but we're, we're going to, we're going to put all some of these takes aside. Uh, I'm going to go. What are, what are we on? Number 13. 13. Yeah. Where I yeah. I just blurred out from listening to all that. All right. My number 13 is black Adam. I'm not going to rehash too much. The only reason it's above some of the other things on this list were the actual quality action scenes we got uh, and the JSA characters kind of bringing something fun to it. Those parts were fun. um, And it was kind of looking like we could get some interconnectivity to the universe. That would be fun and building out a new corner. Uh, Like Captain Marvel, they kind of strangled it with a script that had the main character, like, like Connor alluded to, not make any sense or be engaging in any way. All for the sake of a mystery that wasn't a mystery, right? Like we we got advertised what this story was, but then the movie tries to make it a mystery that he's like the dad and not the son, and the son died. And it's like, bro, we knew that. That's been Black Adam since the beginning. It's not a movie point. Like, so, and then so this guy's gotta like be mysterious the whole movie, which is just to say lifeless and boring. So it's hard to do that with a rock, but this man this movie managed it. But better action scenes and some fun supporting DC characters puts it a little bit higher. My next one is uh, Wonder Woman 1984 is my number 12 pick just because, you know, I got to see the first Wonder. I was one of the first people in the world to get to see the first Wonder Woman kind of what they had put on screen. I got to go see Patty Jenkins do the No Man's Land sequence and play it for us when she had just edited it over in London. And I was like, yo, you made a hit. And so, yeah, the downgrade in quality and the baffling choices they kind of make in this movie are really, uh, it's really a letdown. Now, it still has some things. It still has the banter between kind of Diana and Steve and that chemistry. It still has kind of Gal Gadot and, and kind of some fun things. I even like what Pedro Pascal does as Maxwell Lord. But it is a complete kind of down step from the original from the cheesy mall opening and all that to you could see what happened, you know, no shade, no shade. But like when the Snyder influence was pulled back a little bit more, it didn't come out so great. So that's why I'm putting that there. And for some reason, we had to have a long conversation about sexual consent with this movie. What the hell, guys? <laughs> Always good to have. And I mean, it was better than Transformers. So let's just move on. Matt. All right, uh, so my number 13 is Justice League, uh, the 2017 uh, film. There's still parts of that movie I, I like, but it does feel like the more you watch that movie, the more you feel like you're watching half of one movie and half of another. It just feels very Frankenstein um, at, at certain parts. Uh, and and the tonal shifts don't mesh sometimes. Um, so it's just, you know, over time, that movie has kind of become less and less and less uh watchable um and then uh you know batman v superman uh dawn of justice uh is the is the one here now kofi knows i've always bagged on this movie (laughs) i've been a detractor for a long time um and here's the thing though the reason it's not lower on the list is because to me it gave us one of the best batman scenes of all time that that batman sequence in this movie, I will put up against anything. That was the coolest Batman fight sequence ever. Okay, that scene rules. Uh, and there's a couple of those scenes that when Snyder's 
kind of aesthetics and you know cinematic style really mesh with just a cool it's just allowed to be cool and it works man it's just my my thing with this movie has always been they tried to shove four storylines that are their own movie if not two movies unto themselves into one and it bit them and that's it's always going to do that because there's just only so much space even when you have three hours so uh that's that's me all right connor you get to speak again number 11 and 10 <laughs> are two movies that's a weird way to put it. <laughs> thank you for deeming me allowed to speak uh over these next two uh, there were two movies on this list I still haven't seen, and I sure as hell wasn't going to go out of my way to try to watch them. So uh, I felt like the stuff I actively dislike deserved to be below them, but they had to be somewhere on the list. So number 11, because I don't like Zachary Levi, uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I don't I haven't heard if this movie's good. I never intend to watch this movie, uh, but <laughs> here it is on the list. So congratulations. And number 10, because I've heard it's decent, I might get around to this one at some point. So I feel like it deserves to be in the top 10 is Blue Beetle. Woo! Way to go. Nice. Um, okay, so for me, my 11 pick, I know we just like slid through that really fast. My 11 pick is Black Adam. You guys have hit on it so many times already. Um, it The action is great. Kofi, I agree. So that's why um, I, he wasn't lower. Uh, really enjoyed it. But, um, you know, it's hard to live up to some of these others. So... Number 10. Now, guys, I, this is no longer like me roasting. This is my top 10. So I'm not roasting anymore. My 10th favorite is Aquaman. Uh, hey. It was cheesy and fun and goofy and a little more lighthearted. And that felt great. Um, and I, I don't really have anything to hate on about it. I enjoyed it. And I just enjoyed some of the other things more. So that's where I'm at. Uh, we back to me. All right. Good. <laughs> Speeding up here. I like it. My number 11 pick is Suicide Squad 2016. Um, there are elements of this in what David Ayer was making that I really enjoy. Uh, some of the kind of like the earlier scenes, even though we get like about four different intro scenes in this movie before it begins. Uh, <laughs> the David Ayer pieces were really good. And I'll never forget that this will go down in history as one of my favorite trailers when they played his kind of raw cut of the film at Comic-Con 2016, um, you know, with the whole I started a joke and like oh, that yeah. whole original trailer. And there is a version of this film that is really good. And the DCEU is always weird because a lot of the things I'm going to say and a lot of the arguments I'm going to make are based on the fact that there were clearly some creator cuts here of something we were supposed to get. And then a maniacal weird studio came in and did some weird stuff to it. And now we have to live under the impression of that. So this is one of them. Um, I think there's just some kind of raw rewatchability. This is one of those things you see on TNT when you're folding laundry and you're like, this is stupid enough to keep on while I'm folding laundry. So it doesn't make me angry. It's good in that sense. So it's a, it's just, it's one of the lesser, uh, I don't even know what word it's like what a C minus is in a student. You know what I mean? Like you're like, you're barely okay, but not really, but just take the C minus and go away. But um, that's what I feel about suicide squad Oscar winning suicide squad to you. Yeah. Now, moving right along, on my name. Uh, my number 10 pick is the flash. Um, you know, I think the flash actually gets points 
for the more grounded kind of story it did tell. The character story, I think, is really good, like upon rewatch. And it does that whole like, you know, alternate self thing really well. Ezra Miller, they actually did a really good job separating the performance from, you know, the real world and all of that other craziness. But like the core story and character story is good. And it's actually a resonant story within a, if you're a DC fan and understand who these characters are, Barry changing his mother, how that resonates through Batman story and all of this stuff um, is, is well done. And I like the twist they did with the villain about being this version of Barry. And there's some powerful scenes in flash that actually that scene with his mom in the grocery store at the end, I don't know how you don't like if you're a son and you have a mom, like I don't know how that doesn't resonate with you. If that was the choice you had to make, you know, that's Peter Parker on another level. You know what I mean? So there are some really good, powerful scenes in this film, but um, there's also, it's also a great kind of example of everything that kind of went wrong with the DCEU and not being able to make decisions and make choices to go one way or the other. And also everything kind of rotten and weird at Warner Brothers, where they just crack open a vault and just start rolling out dead celebrities to appear in movies and do all this. So that in the just forever baffling, overcomplicated, underfinished use of CGI is is it's the weirdest hodgepodge example of uh, I mean, in some ways, it just kind of embodies the DCEU experience. Totally right. So um, from the fan theory experience, everything about it is just there. So it deserves a spotted like number 10, kind of like where it's where it's hovering there. Uh, so that's my 11 and 10 pick over to you, Matt. All right. So might as well stay on the flash because uh, that's where mine comes in here. Uh, you know, Kofi put it really well. I mean, I'm, I'm the weird chasm between the baby intro scene and the emotional like heart-wrenching genuine moment between barry and you know his mom is just like <laughs> that <laughs> the stuff in between is there's some really great stuff i mean sasha's supergirl ruled i i thought the keaton stuff was really well handled there's a lot to this movie that i actually really like uh it's just you know there's some really baffling choices that are made otherwise and also it's just kind of you know landed with a you know a thud it was just like we were kind of waiting for the hey where why was this movie so important where's the linchpin aspect and that never really came to be so it was kind of like okay well uh that feels that feels weird um so yeah but there's still parts of this movie i i really like um <laughs> put that on the box the dv key cover that feel weird <laughs> that felt weird <laughs> and uh you know my you know my next one is Zack snyder's justice league because uh as i said on the you know podcast when we talked about it afterwards i think this is a better movie i mean it's four hours. It better be. It's a better, <laughs> it's a better movie. Uh, and and there's some aspects I really liked seeing expanded on. I thought they finally, you know, was like, oh, this is what the sod and dark side. And this is what Steppenwolf was supposed to look like. And the aesthetic and everything was gorgeous. I mean, I, this movie is pretty. This movie is a pretty movie to, to watch. And there's some really cool things. And then there's things that I'm like, did we need four minutes for that? Like, I get, you know, setting the stage and I get 
uh i don't know being thematic and things but like it's like come on like there's just some things i look in this and i just it's like one big eye roll and then there's other things i just love so it's just a weird thing i won't i watched it i'm not gonna rewatch it again <laughs> i'm good so uh flash i might rewatch but i still think uh snyder's work on this i think it's a better movie and i think there's more interesting things throughout it so that's why it comes in there wow okay connor just go on in hang on i'm not done beating up on the flash nothing like a movie in 2023 that takes a millennial actor and says hey you damn kids stop trying to make the world a better place listen to your billionaire friend over here who says that everything's fine exactly the way it is Meanwhile, Spider-Verse is telling the exact opposite message a month earlier, and it's infinitely better. Number nine. Did you have that written down? Nope, that was off the top. Um, (laughs) By the way, uh, this doesn't, my list doesn't get positive until number six. So keep keep enjoying this. I love Uh, this. Number nine is Suicide Squad. This is a movie that is torn to absolute bits in the editing bay. Uh, It was well written when it came out that, hey, there was an original cut, then there was another cut, then there was a cut that a trailer company made, and what wound up on screen is a mishmash of all three, which is why, as Kofi mentioned, there's like four intros to this thing. It's why there are entire long-form YouTube video essays. Folding Ideas is a great one on this one, uh, where they just break down all of the bizarre editing choices that are made from start to finish in this whole damn thing. The only justification the only things that kind of save this movie at all are a couple of good casting choices. Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn is the obvious pick. Uh, just like Jada Pinkett Smith, Will Smith is completely wasted in this movie. And uh, uh, oh, and you got us a pretty good 21 pilot song in uh, all my um, all my friends are heathens and uh, a pretty good Rick Ross and Skrillex collab in Purple Lamborghini. That's about it. And the whole Jared Leto Joker thing. You know, I've said it before on my list of rankings of the Jokers. He's a di- he's a does not qualify because he's only in it for like five minutes, even though he was everywhere in the trailer. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not a great movie. Number eight. I once heard it said that just that the Avengers getting out on movie theaters before Justice League was like Kiss going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before the Beatles which is why number eight is the Joth Whedon version of Justice League. This is a thoroughly unimpressive movie. Oh it my is God, you are killing me. It is, <laughs> it, is, it is the definition of a C plus. It has its bright moments. It has baffling choices elsewhere. You can tell what parts Joss had all of his fingerprints over. And it's just not it's just not a good it's not a movie worth pursuing and worth going after and watching again. It was fine while I sat there in the theater. I've never thought about it again. I've never wanted to think about it again. I've never wanted to do a deep dive and go, no, what was he really trying to say with this one? Nope, I don't care because there are 20 movies I'd rather watch that are in the superhero genre before I even look in this general direction. So, no, thank you. But yet it's no, your number eight. 
Yeah, none of these get good until number six. Have <laughs> you wow. forgotten how like, negative he is like, on the DC? I don't like some of these. I think your list is trash. I love you though, though. I'm just I'll do a positive one. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am looking at my list and I realize I accidentally flip-flopped these two, unfortunately. So I'll I'll do what I what I wrote, but I this is actually one higher. Um, number nine is Man of Steel. And remember, these are my top 10 favorites <laughs> so uh man of steel i thought was spectacular it was so freaking fun um and it was kind of it was like my introduction to henry as superman and um i was just very excited about superman in general at this point and i feel like everyone was <laughs> so i i know that like I feel like some people kind of were hard on this. Like it was like a 50 50, like a split, like you either loved it or you thought it was a disappointment. I was one of the people that was really pumped about it. The only thing that was kind of lacking was like the chemistry between him and, and his Lois Lane. Like I, I didn't really like feel the romance felt kind of shallow to me. Um, but yeah, I, I like this one. And the more I actually am like looking at my list, I'm like, I probably should have done this higher, but that's okay. The next one, you guys are going to hate me. You definitely aren't going to agree with me. Um, I have Shazam Fury of the Gods. <laughs> I <laughs> thought it was good. I thought it was fun. I really, you know, if you liked the first one, I feel like it's a follow up. Like it's the same vibes. It's happy. It's, um, you know, feel good. It's, it's self-contained story within the DCU, which it had to be. And uh, and yeah, I, I felt like it got a really bad rap. And I think that's unfortunate because it's obviously so different from what James Gunn was, you know, doing with his his Suicide Squad and Peacemaker and stuff. Um, it was so different than like Zack Snyder's dark stuff. It's obviously totally different from The Flash, and I'm okay with that. And I appreciate it for what it is, and that's why I enjoyed it. Well said. This is angering. I think this is going right. to end up dividing. <laughs> oh, I, I have a question. You say my list is trash, but you had Justice League at 14. So what's the issue? Me? It's not in my top oh. 10. Okay. It did not crack <laughs> the top 10. I'm and I'm just I'm half joking with you. I just do not agree with your list, and I'm putting it out there for for the listeners to know. I, I'm, okay. I'm gonna go a little mid and boys on this one. I don't agree with most of my co-host lists and I think it's going to end up dividing us more than uniting us, but we're in it now. So now we got to just keep allowing through. I, I don't. I, I know you are. I know you don't. You're no, you don't care. You'll just tell me to shut up anyway. So you <laughs> that's how we started this whole podcast was you just looking across the desk and just being putting on headphones. I believe those same headphones just being like, shut up. It probably was. I need to get new headphones. <laughs> Anyway, so my number nine pick, and feel free to rag on me because I guarantee by the end of my list, you guys are going to be in my up my back about my list. So let's get into it. So my number nine pick is Shazam, the original Shazam. It's just like the most like middle of the road kind of fun, kind of okay day DC movie. Um, it's a terrible look at Philadelphia. I don't believe it at all, but they managed to rein together enough to make David F. Sandberg's kind of tonal things like the scary parts weren't too scary. There's a lot of really funny parts in this. Levi and Asher Angel, Angel are so much more in sync, making the character fun between the Billy and, you know, Shazam sides of it. You know, you have Mark Strong anchoring down a villain and you have a great finale and a kind of great story that has some powerful parts. Again, that part where he goes to see his mom and 
you think it's going to be this movie thing. And they're like, no, this is Philadelphia. Your mom don't want you. And like all of that stuff. And he has to learn to love his surrogate family and, and really value that. Like there's an actual arc there. And by the time they all become the Marvel family or the Shazam family, I guess we call them now is it's a pretty good, it was a pretty good thing in the, in the whole fantasy of a kid being able to be an adult superhero was well executed in this. There's a lot of funny scenes as they're training and doing all that stuff. So it's a cute, it's a cute, fun little movie, not the greatest. Um, and right above it for the same kind of thing is just a really solid, good, and most of all, fun, a rarity sometimes in these DC movies, even I will admit, uh, commodity is Blue Beetle. Um, so Blue Beetle is at number eight for me. Really solid superhero origin, so much so that he may be the lone survivor of this universal incursion. He may uh, make the hop out of here and into the proper into the new DCU because the actors were so good, as we talked about in detail. And if you guys haven't heard our Blue Boil Blue Boil Blue Beetle spoilers podcast, uh, where Matt and I, and I believe, who did it with us? Was it just you and I? I think it was just you and I. Uh, we were going to um, have Nick hop in, who was also a big fan. So yeah, but he was busy. Um. Yeah, but we got, I mean, it's cult it's so culturally rich and authentic and so many cultural subtext in it that are really well done without being overbearing on the movie. Um, it is definitely a Latino superhero movie with a great supporting cast. And for what they were working with, good action and budget and, you know, just silly enough to suspend disbelief about like why an entire neighborhood can go and be under siege without, you know, the police and military coming down on it and unlike some of my co-hosts i actually really enjoyed um uh what's her name i can't believe i'm blanking oh, victoria on her. yeah susan sarandon, susan sarandon at doing like a sociopathic karen send up was really good to me because i know susan sarandon is who, who she is kind of in real right. life and her doing kind that opposite in that send up yeah exactly and her kind of doing that and it was she's another one her and robert de niro this year have done two and that's a weird thing to pull in from killers of the flower moon have done kind of like you know white sociopathic person of power so entrenched in their kind of crazy belief that they think they're really a friendly good person like really well she does it and they're just both master actors but um she did it really well in that so i like blue beetle and i think it it deserves to survive. I think that franchise does deserve to survive. So that's I my number. Eight. Even in this video, we still got a Scorsese mention in there. Good job, Kof. Cinema. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go back up to Connor. Okay, hey, I think we can relax. Everybody's you getting into it. You skip oh, Matt. Oh, no, Matt. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> so no, no. Sorry, I'll make mine super quick because uh, we've already touched on these. Secret. Um, Trade secret. I keep shifting the last na to last name in my head. So I keep thinking you're going one before <laughs> me and I'm like, last but anyway i'm sorry go ahead uh, no 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 uh suicide squad uh is my number nine uh this is actually i like janelle this is actually shifted to a my top list i i really enjoy these movies um while i enjoy some more than others uh if they're in this kind of area from here on out i i actually really enjoyed them and will re-watch them i think it's safe to say that all of these i will actually re-watch at some point if they're on or whatever uh suicide squad the 20 uh the 2016 suicide squad um has a lot of issues. It has some of that Frankenstein thing that, that Justice League has. Um, this is actually one of the few alternate cuts I would actually really like to see. This is actually one I actually would like to see an air cut on because I it to me this is it is interesting. Please don't encourage him. Here's the thing. I I'm typically not a big 
fan of like whatever came out is what came out and then we go from there i'm really i i let it be but the things he has said in interviews i actually do find it intriguing i would actually like to see that but as it stands i enjoy a lot of the casting choices i enjoy a lot of the back and forth between the the members i mean obviously margot as harley quinn killed it i actually liked will smith in this role it didn't take full advantage of him by no means but i but i actually still liked deadshot uh i i liked a couple of the characters and i thought it was still i thought it was still really interesting i will re-watch this if it's on like i will sit and watch it again uh and my next one's the same way shazam i enjoy shazam i think it was trying to be something different and honestly something that the dcu at the time really needed uh was just fun and lighthearted. i thought levi knocked that rule out of the park and uh you know it was even a little probably a little too creepy at times with some of the the way they portrayed um you know the sins and things like that for for a younger audience but i thought it worked and i thought it took advantage of, of sandberg's skill set so uh those are mine all right now really back up to connor <laughs> now are we doing two this time or one uh which number are we on we're on seven yeah, we'll yeah. do seven and six, and then we'll just do top fives, I guess. There you go. That's okay. how that works. Yeah. Well, this one wound up having a theme again because it was they were both directed by the same person. Number seven is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Now, a bit of a preface on this one. The fact that this, this project exists is fascinating and will be likely studied for years. The toxicity surrounding the fan campaign, the release the Snyder cut, uh needs to be com not commend what's the opposite of commend uh hated it needs to be chastised it needs yeah, to chastised. be called out for the crap that it was mm -hmm. and honestly i think that snyder played a significant role in some of that by fanning the flames by going hey go to this social media network that nobody except me uses and i'll keep giving you little tiny morsels and i'll say i swear this cut is real it wasn't real it was never real the only reason what you got that four hour on hbo max exists is because it is because uh warner brothers at the time was desperate to put something out because it was covid and they said hey zach here's a bunch of money Go take what you made, add some extra stuff in it, recut it how you want it, and put it out. It wasn't like there was a ready-made reel for anyone to just pull out of a safe and throw onto a movie screen and call it a day. But that was what so many of these idiots online were trying to argue. As for the movie itself, it's four hours. It's okay. It's just fine. It's better than the just Joss Whedon version. Uh but when it ultimately comes down to, hey, Darkseid got his ass kicked on this planet one time, forgot where it was, and oh, now he remembers where it was because Steppenwolf came down. It's not exactly a thrilling ultimate climax for the Justice League finally coming together and joining forces and trying to take down an unstoppable evil. It's really just Batman doesn't want to do this by himself, so he's going to get other people to help him out. It didn't need to be four hours. The score is obnoxious at times. Every time Gal Gadot's on screen, the soundtrack is going, Wah! every time that they want to do a slow-mo shot, he has a ridiculous song come over the screen. I still remember some guy shouting, he is a king, as, as Aquaman was getting into the water, the weird sniffing the sweater scene. It's it's bizarre. It, if I can say anything positive about it, yeah, it's Cavill's better in this one. They give Cyborg more to do. They give One D more to do. Flash is still weird. It's it only deserves to be at seven because there were some on these I actually liked. 
Number six is Man of Steel. I think that a lot of the problems that stem from the issues that plagued D the DCEU for a long time came from this movie taking some chances that other movies were not willing to follow up on. It is hurt by the fact that Batman v Superman comes out after immediately trying to chase the trend of the Avengers being the biggest thing on the planet by itself in its own bubble. It's it's decent. Snyder's got some interesting ideas. It looks gorgeous at times. Wish they would have injected some color back into it, but they keep, keep trying to suck it out. And I think that later projects have shown that Henry Cavill is a good Superman and that he has so much raw, natural charisma, he was able to show that in this movie, even though the script gives him nothing to do. Zod is also a fun villain. That's... and I. I've be, I've beat up on enough of these. This one is is a B minus. Yeah, that's a B minus. I like that. Yeah, this is like <laughs> what? 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 I'll take the B minus. I can read more of your reviews because I feel like I read one of the reviews and then I get to the bottom score and I'm like, wait, that's where what? we landed? No, it does not sound like a B minus. If, if Justice League is a C plus, it was the definition of fifty. That was a C plus. <laughs> Well, I wish you were grading my papers when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, I never, I've never said I was a teacher. Uh, but Man of Steel is okay. The, All right. A lot of the problems that the DCEU had took this movie and said, let's keep some of this. Let's get rid of some of this other stuff. And what we were left with was the absolute mess that was Batman v Superman. And then we had to keep going after that because, hey, this train got to keep on rolling. <laughs> All right, Janelle. What are your okay. Six picks. Yeah, my number seven. Um, you guys have. I think everybody's already picked this one. Um, is the Flash. I I actually really liked the Flash. I had I had very low expectations, and that's probably why I was pleasantly surprised. I really thought this was going to be horrible. Um, and I know a lot of people didn't like the baby scene. I thought it was hilarious. I was literally laughing out loud. I was also drinking an IPA. Like I had chugged <laughs> half of an IPA uh, already. It was like 11% like ABV, but I was laughing so hard. This movie made me cry, um, with his mom. There was a lot of heartfelt moments and I thought the action was awesome. I loved the cameos. Like I, I loved the big, uh, Batman, you know, cameo. And I, I think obviously there were some weak moments, but overall it, it felt, um, exciting to me. I have not watched it more than once though. So I might be more critical on a second watch through, but I really actually liked the flash. So I'll say it has replay value. It's easy to get another All folding. These are better if you're inebriated. That's what <laughs> yes. Very true. Like I loved Venom. I went and saw Venom with everybody and I was like Venom too. I was like, yes, this is so great. And everyone's like Janelle, <laughs> what are you Venom. doing? Um, um, but uh yeah. Okay, my number six pick is actually Blue Beetle. And Yay! this was tough for me because I really loved this. So uh, actually putting this at six was hard because I kind of wanted to put it even higher. But again, we're getting to territory that I really love these films. So uh, Blue Beetle was unexpected for me as well. I don't know much about this character. That's okay. I followed everything really well. Um, honestly, just like I forgot I was watching a superhero film at times because of the family unit. And I just love these characters and I love the story that they're giving. So I just, I think this is a really rewarding film and it's super fun and exciting and it gives me hope. Woohoo. 
Okay. All right. I think it's over to me. Um, my number seven pick is Aquaman. Uh, oh. Aquaman's grown on me over the years. I was really hard on it when it came out. Um, I thought us giving it like four stars or something was like crazy or whatever we gave it. But it's grown on me. It's another one, again, as I've been folding laundry and seeing it on TNT over the years. Jason Momoa is just crazy charismatic, like even in this weird alternate version of Arthur Curry. Um, it is a a lot of these in the DCEU that I, I, I score highly. I give points for trying to make alternatively to Marvel, which is already always kind of felt to me like and and this is online. You can go check, go look up Screen Rant Avengers review and I'll tell you or just my writings about it. It'll tell you. Um, it feels like really big TV shows, like even when they make movies, there's very few that feel like actual cinematic movies. Uh, I like a lot of these DCEU films that I score highly because they went for big superhero epics, like true epics. Aquaman's like three hours for some reason, um, but it's a big, grand, old school movie adventure epic. It's Indiana Jones with water powers, right? Like going into different places, looking for treasures. Uh, meanwhile, this evil army is building up in the background. Everybody's going for this big relic. And there are some great twists in Aquaman. I never thought they would have the whole thing with his mom. I mean, I haven't seen some weird stuff like that since Blade, where you wash up on a shore with your lover and your mom's like hanging out there. And you're like, oh, man, now I'm having mom issues. Uh, yeah, go rewatch the original Blade if you want to see some weird uh, familiar issues. Star Wars got nothing on that. But so... Yeah, it is. It's a big superhero epic. It, it gave some people what they wanted, which was more fun, more joke, and more color in the DCEU. It's a colorful, beautiful kind of movie. Um, for not being Avatar, they do the underwater thing pretty well. And there are points when James Wan really gets to cook on the scary horror front that are really great. Like, that trench sequence is great. Yeah. Like, it's freaky, and the visuals yeah. are amazing. And even when he has to f kind of communicate that final, um, I forget the name of the the Kraken or whatever is down there and have that whole conversation with it, that freaky monster, like all that's good. And him getting the armor and the trident, like it's all epic. And it feels like it culminates in something big. The end fight with the tridents is dope. Like, yeah, Pitbull singing Africa is serious. <laughs> but like, you know. Mr. Worldwide. It's a big blockbuster worldwide demographic movie. And so you're going to have that kind of it's it has a fast and furious sheen to it. Right. And so like it made a billion and it pleased crowds, obviously. So it's also like a good standalone. And one of the only things besides Wonder Woman to come out of the Snyder verse and actually be successful while doing something slightly different with itself. So props to Aquaman. Uh, my number six, and I don't think it's been on the list yet, and I got kind of got nervous, and I had to relook it up. But uh, my number six is Birds of Prey. Is yeah. this, uh, okay, so I guess everybody scored this higher. Interesting. Ooh, this is like playing poker. But my number six is Birds of Prey. Um, and my number seven and my number six are really interesting, and I didn't plan it this way, but when I was just sitting here looking at it, because one of these made a billion dollars, and one of these made like one dollar. And it, it's... It's really baffling as to why. I think, I don't care what anybody says between this, Ahsoka, and other things I've seen, I still think there's this big WNBA unspoken kind of sheen around comic books and superheroes and, and geek culture. 
And if you don't know what I mean, listen to Comic Book Nation more regularly because I keep repeating these things. But, you know, the WNBA is a phenomenon where we swear these top-notch athletes who are just as talented are somehow not as interesting to watch as this other thing. Like, right? And it's like, that's kind of going away slowly but surely, but it's still very prevalent out there. And I feel like it happens in superhero movies, too. Um, this has a wonderful cast. Like, it's just crazy to think of how many people are now so, like, respected for, say, jumping into Star Wars or something like that. Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Ewan McGregor, uh, Margot Robbie, uh, Journey Smollett, um, all of them cooking in this movie. Kathy Yan cooking. The climactic fight scene has girls tossing hair ties to each other. Like, where do you get that in other, like, films that are not, like, authentically kind of female vision superhero films? Like, girls are tying up their hair in between punches and kicks. Like, it, it's crazy. It's fun. And the plot, having Harley as this unreliable narrator kind of taking us through this crazy story is, it's so much more fun. And when you watch this movie over and over again, it's like, it's crazy. Like, how did we all in the midst of February, and I get it, it was covid like everything kind of what well, that was 2020, right? Like everything went crazy right after it was this. right before COVID. Like yeah, it was right before COVID. Before. Yeah. And so I, I just it's crazy that then it got swept under our, you know, very real fears of the world ending that we kind of forgot this one. But I feel like this is going to be one like the TikTokers become a discovered gem when they're like, hey, we found this movie. And they're like, yeah, OK, kids. But like, you know, it is really well done in a good noir tale with a good character study about Harley in it and they've done they've taken things from this movie i feel like and kind of leaked into dc comics as harley has evolved there about her personal kind of feelings about being a villain being a hero and like what the in-between is and like kind of doing it her way so great stuff this movie really deserves much more love than it gets and yeah it's crazy that my number seven made a billion and this one made like two dollars so go figure matt um so i I don't even remember what number we're at. We're at seven. <laughs> seven, <laughs> seven. Yeah. Uh, my number seven is actually one that's uh, lower on everyone else's list. So uh, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, I don't um, dislike this movie as much as other people do. I get it. I like it all makes sense. I, I understand why people don't like it. Um, I the 80s aesthetic and everything was always going to kind of be up my alley. Um, I there's parts of the of the love story between. Uh, Diana and Steve that I just really enjoyed in this movie. And some of it goes too goes too far. And some of it, you know, feels like it's not quite all the way thought out. But there's a lot of it that I really enjoy. Uh, Gal as Wonder Woman makes up for a lot. I just adore her as the character. And she just is the character to be at this point. Uh, Kristen Wiig is fantastic as as Cheetah. And in fact, I that's the casting I was most worried about coming into the movie. And she's great. I just wanted her on screen more. Um, I kind of didn't need the Maxwell Lord of it all. Um, I could have just had a cheetah movie. Uh, so it's a comic book movie thing that like they always feel like they got to shoehorn two villains in every movie. And I just Same still don't Tim understand Burton. that. I still don't understand that because it's to me, it doesn't it it works out less than it works out. Like, you know what Burton, I mean? Like, Burton I feel like did it's it. Batman Returns. Burton did that, man. I, yeah, but like the the times that it, I always feel like one character suffers and is underdeveloped or doesn't get enough screen time. And in this one, to me, it was Cheetah. It was just that I wanted more of that character. I could have seen a lot of that. That's one of her greatest foes. And so uh, I dug it. Um, 
you know, I I'm really bummed that we're not going to get a third one. And, you know, this is the last one it seems like we'll get with with all this group together. But uh, but I'll still watch this again. If it's on TV or whatever, I'll sit and watch it. Uh, and my next one, Kobe just mentioned Birds of Prey. Uh, that was, again, another one that I had kind of I I the Birds of Prey are actually one of my favorite comic teams period uh you know Batgirl is obviously a huge favorite of mine but Huntress as well Black Canary like that that team and so when it wasn't exactly that team and Harley was kind of the linchpin I was a little worried coming into that movie because I'm like I don't know does, <laughs> does it feel like my birds of prey you know doing that whole thing uh and then I watched it and it's it's really freaking good man he did so well uh the casting is is top notch the the battle sequences are fun and you know the they really had me when they did that scene in the trailer where harley's throwing the dynamite out of the car and it, i was like that that whole thing feels straight out of an animated series or a comic book and and that tone is throughout the entire movie so um fantastic movie did not get the praise it deserves uh i you know, would love to see them take another crack at it somewhere down the line. Dude, the way they had planned for the trilogy was so good. Yeah, I mean, those ideas, oh my God, the Gotham City sirens of it all, and would have loved to have seen that. So And Harley in the middle of it all. Oh man, it would have been so great. But if nothing else, I think it's a consolation prize that without this movie, we probably wouldn't have had the animated Harley Quinn series. So anyway, back up to Connor Casey. Now we're just going one at a time for uh, top fives, but I feel like we can get through this pretty good clip because I think yeah, we got to we got to get moving. <laughs> we've exhausted a lot of a there's lot a of lot of movies. movies. Yeah, that's a yeah, lot of movies, man. Yeah. All right, Connor, your number five pick. Number five is Birds of Prey. It's the first one on this list that I feel like it knew exactly what it wanted to be, and it arrived on screen as promised. It wanted to be fun. It wanted to be action. It wanted to be violent. It wanted to be a little crazy and a little silly, and it accomplished all of those things. Uh, the There are a few downsides. I think the title is a big reason why this movie didn't do well at the box office. People were confused, and they changed it midway through to drop the whole fantabulous nonsense. Yeah, uh, Cassandra Kane catching a weird stray. She goes from being one of the most badass figures of the Bat family to a teenage girl who just really needs to poop. Um, <laughs> and uh, you killed... I'm glad that one caught. Uh, <laughs> and then you kill... And then you and McGregor is aggressively excellent in this yeah. and is one of my favorite villains of the last 10 years in comic book media. And you killed him at the end of his first movie. And I feel like well, that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> uh, so that I feel like that was a mistake. Other than that, it's a lot of fun. Um, Connor, I am in complete agreement. My number five is Birds of Prey, and you guys kind of all summed it up perfectly. I, I just think this love is the closest coalescence we're ever going to have on this list. Maybe. Yeah, and two number for... sixes and two number fives for this. All right. <laughs> for me, like I remember when it came out, I first started coming on the podcast. And I have a clip of me talking about how excited I was about this film, sitting on the couch in the old studio with you guys oh and going, Lord. it's like the Spice Girls. And I just, it, it was, it was like the, the violent Spice Girls and it felt so great. So you guys kind of summed it all up. It's just a great, great film. And the rewatchability really is awesome. And now I have a Halloween party tomorrow and I was supposed to dress like Draco Malfoy. And now I'm like, maybe I should do Harley. Anyways. Wait a minute. 
Yeah. Boys, it's been a minute. You know, like, <laughs> I think I first met you. Like you, the first thing you did was like shove a picture of yourself as Harley. You're like, check this out. <laughs> I've done like three different really Harleys. Well I was like, yeah. I can't eat on that. I've done, I've done like, right, Birds of Prey Harley. I've been like, gotta avoid this chick. But, yeah. <laughs> Birds of Prey Harley, Suicide Squad Harley. And then I actually made my husband be a man Harley last year. And I was Joker. It was really cool. Very was, nice. Yeah, that was also good. Very well done. Um, <laughs> uh, my number five, and here we go. God, this is where I get to take the beating. Fine. <laughs> you know what? I'm like Wolverine, baby. The healing factor is strong. I'm more like Sabretooth. Let's be honest. A little crazier. But let's go. Number five. Mine is Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, the <laughs> ultimate edition. Top five. Top five. Top five. Um, the <sighs> first time I saw the theatrical cut, all I will say about it is it ended. It was like, and all I said was, I turned to the people I saw the screening with and was like, okay, now show me the real movie. And I just let that sit. And people like, oh, you can't say that. That's, uh, that's breaking the rules. That is the real movie. And I was like, no, that's not. Show me the real movie. And I just waited like a patient grandpa. And eventually, yeah, they were like, okay, on home edition, here's the real movie. And I said, thank you. I'll be right back. And that's one of the first things I ever wrote for comicbook.com was breaking down the ultimate edition and just going through. And it is something like, I think it's like 3,000 words because I could get away with that back then. And like, it is a crazy breakdown, but no. Um, Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition is in some ways flying too close to the sun like Icarus and having your wings burn up uh, quite literally in some parts. But like, yeah, it, it it's a movie that took a big swing and took a big swing to be one of the most definitive kind of literary style kind of breakdowns and examinations of who these two characters are. And it does so many things very well. First of all, all my top fives and a lot of what I'm going to be saying is I think time is a factor in cinema. I'm like Scorsese in that sense. Like time is a factor. How do things last? Like how do they really last? And Zack Snyder's work as time has gone on, it, it really does last, at least visually, even if you just put this on mute. Like you're looking at superhero battles, mechanics, visualizations that really are so beautiful and hold up and are really nice. And this movie's where he started cooking with that, it perfects in Justice League, I think. But like he does start cooking with this. And this has some really beautiful sequences from the Batman kind of fight. And um, that, but the Batman v Superman fight itself in the actual full length fight, also very beautiful, very well done, like and, and kind of awesome. Um, I think when you get to the Ultimate Edition, for what I think that there needs to be points for what Snyder started with in Man of Steel. And is building out across these movies. Because in Man of Steel, we just got what if Superman was in a real world setting in a in, in our post-9-11 era? What if this guy was really here fighting battles, doing things? How would that affect the world? How would his parents be afraid, like any parent, now that I'm a parent, about if you knew your kid's job was to go out there and throw themselves in danger all the time? How would you feel about a parent? Like people rag on that pot Kent. But that's why we don't change the world now, because I realize as a parent, like. For everything I want society to change, I do, it's really hard for me to look at my two kids and be like, I want you two to go out on the front lines and do that and put yourself in harm and, and for that change in the world. Like that's an incredibly complicated thing as a parent to say. And this idea that this guy was just like, oh, shucks, son, everything good under the sun. And that's the American way. And that's what we do is complete bullshit. I'm sorry. It was into a generation of kids who are growing up in a much diverse, more diverse range in modern times with everything they saw, 
like to attempt to speak to them about who Superman could be. And I've written about this movie uh, extensively is, is complicated enough. And then to build on that, how does Batman, a very wealthy, powerful, controlling human who's been doing this longer than anybody in this context, now has this other guy come on the back of this epic kind of disaster and what kind of ramifications does that send out through the world was incredibly complicated. Like that's some Garth Ennis, Hickman type level of, you know, if we were comparing this to a comic book. And so I give Zack Snyder and Chris Terrio mad points because on paper, like, and when you really sit and look at this story about what's done, it is a pretty intricate and I'll give you confusing if you are a casual viewer, confusing as hell story. But the more you watch it, the more you realize it's also a very good Lex Luthor story. Like, say what you want about Jesse Eisenberg, but the raw mechanics of what Lex Luthor is doing in this movie, he appears goofy the whole time, but this dude is doing really serious stuff. He flame murders a whole compound of rebels in Africa. He blows up the Senate. He does all these crazy things and to make public perception go against this alien hero to get this one of the most brilliant crime fighters in the world riled up and off his game and, and going at the wrong person. It's all really masterful manipulation. And Jesse Eisenberg and Henry Cavill on top of that roof tower talking when he figures out when he holds him and shows him he kidnapped his mom and puts that photo up to Superman's face. This little scrawny nerdy guy is one of the uh, say what you want. I think it's one of the most interesting kind of comparisons of those two rivals. This brawny all powerful God in this tiny little man in every sense of the word, but he being so brilliant that he can manipulate this guy emotionally to not even touch him, not even do anything like while he's holding a photo of his mom bound and gagged. So like to get to that point, I think is really powerful. And I think this movie is underrated where we praise something like the Godfather for its intricate kind of crime web story. Like there is an intricate story here, sociopolitical story at work. And Everything from the larger story about how they get Superman to get riled up by the prisoner who gets murdered in the jail and all of that, like, and the African lady that they pay to lie and then she tries to change and they push her in front of a freaking train. Um, B-15, who's B-15, actually, if you go back and watch the movie, that's uh, Loki's B-15. Uh, she, you want me, I don't want to mispronounce her name, but um, that's her in that uh, role. So. It's really well done, and, and I like it as, a, again, a superhero, sociopolitical, adult epic. Like, if this was a John Grisham novel, we'd be like, oh, my God, he's a genius. But they tried to layer it in superheroes. It never really kind of found its way. I'm not sure what audience wants to see that. I think the Venn diagram is very small for that. And Warner Brothers tried to hack it up and made it even worse. And it is going to always be what it is. But I think it's a very interesting. And the way that it seamlessly is woven into the events of Man of Steel is that opening sequence with Ben Affleck, seeing it from that different angle. Again, some really awesome filmmaking. Um, the Martha moment, they completely, you, I mean, you did not land the plane. That was a very profound thing that if you had just changed the dialogue a bit to it's make the it not of the movie, it's the turning point by which the two forces that were opposing each other come together. And Teen Titans go to the movies as a better parody of it than the original version. Yeah. If they just had changed the dialogue to say, save, save Martha, my mom. And he's like, your mom's name, your mom is Martha. My mommy's name is Martha, too. Or um, if he did, no, Batman would never say anything. He would just say, huh? But he would stop. That would hit him. It would, he wouldn't say anything about it, but he would emotionally 
that would emotionally pierce his kind of mania. Um, and so like that is a frustrating thing. But that end fight with Doomsday, as tacked on as it might be, the like the actual epic action, Wonder Woman's debut in that moment, still one of the most badass things in superhero movies. When she saves those two boys from getting annihilated and with that shield, and the first time you hear the music and Gal Gadot's just standing there, awesome stuff. The flirtations with her and Bruce, Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne persona in that movie, and like the party scene and everywhere. Good stuff. A lot of good stuff. So that's my number five pick, and that'll be my longest spiel defending this movie, which I will. <laughs> yeah. All right, so uh, I got a jet here uh, in a minute because I got to go pick up the little munchkin. <laughs> so um, I'm actually going to run through uh, my top five uh, real quick so that you guys can uh, break down everything else. Um, but my but my five is actually Man Steel. I I this uh, as Kofi kind of said. I think some of these movies do get better with time. And I do feel like I appreciate Man of Steel more and more as time goes on. Henry Cavill is a great Superman. Uh, I love the stuff they did with Krypton in this movie. Um, you know, Russell Crowe's Jor-El. Like, uh, there's some really, it, it felt like for one of the first times that I was as interested in the Kryptonian side of things as I was anything happening on earth. Um, they did such a fantastic job with that. Uh, Zod's a compelling villain. Uh, I didn't hate the big, you know, he killed someone because I also understood what he was going for as far as the arc that he has, right? That from that point on Superman doesn't kill again. Like there's a lot of really great ideas. Um, it's, I, I I will watch that movie. If that movie's on, I will I will watch it. I really appreciate. And I think it's as good. I still think Cavill never got the Superman film he deserved, but I think this is as close as he got. Um, next, with, for me, uh, number four for me is uh, The Suicide Squad. Uh, this is the James Gunn Suicide Squad. I'm sorry. If you are able to deliver on Starro, you get a prize. <laughs> no one else has a giant starfish monster made it look awesome. You get a prize for something. I'm sorry. This movie was like everything that I, you know, kind of knocked down the original Suicide Squad on. Um, this movie had, I mean, it, it had depth of the characters and everything, but it also just like embraced the fantastical aspects of some of these characters and had fun with it. And King Shark's in there and fantastic and like even the characters you know like um oh my god i'm blinking like idris elba's character is it bloodshot i want to say yeah. bloodshot yeah so um you know that character i'm not like a big fan of that character in the books like i could care less he made the character like really like oh hey i, I like what's happening there with the you know with the daughter stuff and the like there's a lot in that movie Blood that i just sport. love uh so that movie it gets a gets a I will watch that movie at any time. And it's criminal that that movie didn't do better uh, at the box office. Um, it was COVID. Yeah, it, it was. And also that was still the Mac stuff, but you know, I, I don't blame all that. Number three for me is Blue Beetle. Um, fantastic movie. Everyone probably knew this was going to be higher on the list. Uh, it It is because of all the things like Janelle and Kofi mentioned, the family aspects are just phenomenal. I want to see this family more. Uh, the, the powers, I thought they did a great job. Of, of embracing and, and feeling that out. There's plenty of potential for other Beatles and things like that, as we've seen in the comics. I'm very excited about the future. But as a film, this was one of those films that I kept recommending to people. I told my family to go see it. I was like, you know, I called in the, you know, the Spanish fam. I said, hey, 
<laughs> go support this movie, damn it. Like we, we gotta support it, you know. Uh it was it was one of those. And I I you know it sucks that it didn't do better, but I just really enjoy it. I'm glad Jaime's uh, sticking around. Uh number two for me is Aquaman. I am a unabashed fan of the Aquaverse <laughs> in the DC comic side. I was very excited for this movie. And there are, I just actually, this is one I actually just rewatched. Uh, and, you know, some of the like effects are a little duller, you know, than they could be, you know, it, it could use some sprucing up and stuff, but man, that Trident fight still rules the stuff underwater. I'm so glad they got rid of those stupid bubbles. Like this actually feels, you know, like a, like Aquaman. And when he comes out in the suit, the original suit, you know, it, it's been modern, modernized and updated, but it still looks awesome. That moment, I was just giddy. This is so cool. Um, and I also like, I, I'm a huge Mara fan. And while to me, they still didn't do enough with that character, I still, I like some of the things they did do. So, uh, and the number one for me uh, is probably a surprise to no one because I think I said it last week uh, during a show. I think I said that uh, my number one DC movie would probably be Wonder Woman. And lo and behold, it is. Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's Wonder Woman. It's that movie is untouched. There is no other DC movie that is as I can watch from start to finish over and over again. It's funny. The action hits hard. I will never, uh, take a shot at Snyder's theme, Wonder Woman theme. Cause that thing rules every time it comes on, I get hype. It's awesome. Um, so I, this movie really defined what that character could do on screen and it has all the heart and it's solidified that like Gal is like the Wonder Woman I see in anything else. And I just enjoy it. So uh, that's also one of the few Blu-rays I have. It's just that one. Just just in case on a rainy day, my internet goes out. I need a Blu-ray. I'm going to watch Wonder Woman. So that's my that's my list. I, I hope uh, I cannot wait to, to hear what everyone else says on theirs tops because I have lots of lots of questions and stuff. Uh, but I, I got two jets. <laughs> yeah, this is a masterclass on Matt using his child as an excuse to run away from all ridicule <laughs> and rebuttal to his picks. Well played. Good job. Well played. <laughs> I'll catch you guys later. All right. Since we just did that, I uh, I don't know who saw it in the message, in our Slack message, but I said uh, we'll just go through everybody's 4-3-2 real quick just to speed this along, and then we'll spend some time where everybody can talk a little bit longer about their number one picks. So, Connor, can you give us uh, your four, three, and two picks? Sure thing. Number four is Aquaman. It's it's dumb fun is it, the best way I can describe it. It looks cool. It's got some fun action sequences, a lot of explosions. It's just pure dumb fun. The fact that it made a billion, I think, has a lot more to do with China loving underwater movies than anything else. Uh, number three is Shazam. This feels like a Amblin movie made in the late 80s, early 90s. It's funny. It's a little creepy and scary at times. It's harsh. It, it, it dives into some harsh topics about childhood, especially about uh, orphans. And uh, but it's it's overall it's really fun. I think this is the one where the child version of Billy Batson and Zachary Levi is the adult version. I felt like it really meshed into nice. one into one convincing performance. Um, is the the. Mark Strong is the villain, a little forgettable, but the the sins themselves are pretty awesome as far as visuals go. And then uh, number two is Wonder Woman. This is a overall, I think this is pretty excellent. My gripe with this one is the same one I have with Black Panther, which is the final fight isn't great. It doesn't look great. You've got David Thewlis, noted star of stage and screen, 
uh, stomping around in, in what attempts to be a God of War style armor set. And it just looks a little too goofy. Other than that, it's a great movie. I think the um, the No Man's Land sequence is going to be put up as the best scene of any DCEU film. Uh, the dynamic between uh, Wonder Woman and uh, Chris Pine as Steve Trevor, I think, absolutely works. I wish it had carried over into the sequel. It doesn't. And uh, yeah, I've 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 enjoyed I've always enjoyed this one, but I've always had issue once Ares finally does show up. Nice. All right, Jay. Awesome. Yes. So my number four is the Suicide Squad. James Gunn can do no wrong. I love I love everything he does. I really do, and I have really high hopes for DC and what he's got in store. I know that it's a certain style. I like his style. Makes me happy. Um, the cast was awesome. The the giant starfish is amazing. Uh, the action, just everything. I just loved the entire thing start to finish. I've watched it like three times. Um, big fan. My, You guys are going to laugh at me. My number three is Shazam. So I'm starting to realize that I like all the fun movies. Like I'm picking all of these like fun, silly, like laughing, good times. And I'm starting to realize that is probably the Marvel fan in me, um, the Marvel like movie side. So uh, yeah, I, I loved Shazam, the first one. It was so much fun. Um, I, I love Zachary Levi in this role. I loved the kids. I thought they acted so well. Um, and it was just, it was refreshing. It was a nice, refreshing release when it came out. And I was really stoked about it. And I rewatching it back, I had just as great of a time um, now, like watching it now. So Number two is Wonder Woman. Uh, this was such a great film. So many of you, you guys have already like picked it and put it up in the pretty much the top of the list. So you, you've kind of run down the reasons why, but uh, perfectly casted. She is an incredible heroine. I think that uh, I, she's, she will always be stand out to me. I was hoping that with James Gunn coming over to DC that she would be the one that we keep. I was hoping we'd keep Gal. But um, I I don't know I don't know who's going to be able to live up to how great she she portrayed this character especially in this film this film was so great to me. All right, thanks, Jay. Uh, yeah. I can go through mine pretty quick here because this is what I thought we'd start to kind of coalesce in a lot of these. So my number four pick is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Uh, same thing that I said about Batman v Superman, just a bit better. Um, I was happy they finally gave him the chance to finish this after what happened with Justice League. And I think unlike so many like finishing films, there was a lot more effort put into this, a lot more production value. Uh, I think this is as close as we're going to get to getting like almost, and I know Snyder loves this and I know it's going to make some people mad, but like biblical, old school, biblical movie style superhero epic. It's four hours. If you ever go back and watch the 10 commandments and stuff, those things were long as hell. Um, but it, it really does have reverence for these heroes. So a little too much sometimes in the slow-mo sequences, I'll be the first to say, but like the battle sequences in this one, you actually, I feel like there's actual chemistry in this one amongst the cast. I feel these characters over the course of this movie come together, bond over actual things, have actual respect and love for one another in battle and, and become a team. It actually happens in this movie. As opposed to the first one, we're like, well, got to go to Russia. 
Guess we'll ride together. Okay, my man. That's the team building thing of the first one. My man. Like, you know, you dress like a bat or like, yeah, he's crazy. Like in this one, you actually see them come together as a team. You see them all being kind of flawed misfits, you know, out or outcasts or weirdos and then bonding over things. Um, Cyborg's story is really good. His story with his dad and just him finding his this way in his new life in this new form. Uh, I think that flash sequence in looking at adverting disaster and turning back time is one of the most beautiful superhero movie sequences I think I'm ever going to see that whole thing. And you've seen it replayed all over social media, the whole, you know, when he's talking to his dad, he thinks he's going to die. And he's like, you know, just trying to go back and how it rebuilds everything. All of that is really well done. And yeah, more so than Avengers, this felt like gods coming together and fighting when they're doing battle at the end against Steppenwolf, like it feels like these these are the most powerful beings on the planet and some of the smartest humans like coming together and being a kick-ass superhero team. So I, I like it. I even like the way it was broken up in chapters. I can now I now watch it in chunks like that. I watch like part one, part two, part three, part four over a couple of days, whatever. In the streaming era, it weirdly kind of fits. Uh, so that's Justice League. Uh, my number three pick is The Suicide Squad for all the reasons you guys just said. Fun adult rated comic bookie still a movie and knows that it's movie and how to progress and how to build and how to have these twists. And um, one of the most seamless things in terms of leading into, into showing us a blueprint of how to do this right in the modern times, as it led to the peacemaker spinoff, which was thoroughly connected to this movie, really excellent extension of it while still being its own thing. But um, there was a lot just so well done in the Suicide Squad from the fake out beginning in the marketing with the cast that was going to die immediately um, to before we get the real kind of story to the pacing of the story. Uh, one of the best showcases of Margot Robbie's Harley Quinn after her having to so many things that didn't work out. But like, yeah, that whole sequence of her escaping the general's house and all that, the visuals, the colors and making Starro not only work, but be freaky is so hard to do um but this movie does it well and one of the most rewarding just replay experiences in all of these films easily yeah. uh number two is wonder woman this movie is very special to my heart uh personally i got to take my mom to the premiere i got to see like i said the edits i saw that Mo like no man's land thing and i literally went to patty jenkins and i think i might have been one of the first people to say like this is going to be a classic like i can tell you right now because of the chills on my arm that you've you, like you did it like you you've cracked the code here and they did um the everything we saw and everything i reported from the first minutes i think i got to see 25 minutes and i knew this movie every piece of it was going to be a hit um the chemistry between her and chris pine the way they did action the way they captured diana's heart it's a fantastic superhero movie if i were to just sit down pe people down and say and they said what are superhero movies and i was like okay let's pick something that can convince you that this is a genre worth getting into this would be the one i this uh, just out of all of them this would be one of the top ones i picked um it's indiana jones with a female lead with a fish out of water story it, it's a lot of these different elements of movies we've seen before but they come together they work and fight i'm with connor I, I think it's just a weird thing that this movie tries to make the most unlikely character to be an all-powerful god of war as a twist be which was a great twist i didn't see that coming but then actually having him be the god of war looks silly so that's that. Um, and that's my number two. Now, let's go back up top and uh, let's finish it out with 
Everybody drop in your number one. This will determine for most people who will hear 15 picks, but just go to your number one to see if you're trash or not. So let's go around. Connor, what is your number one pick? Number one is James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Okay. Uh, Gunn is great at a few things. One is building up a team, making you care about each person in that team, and then having so much fun with the character dynamics. We first saw this in 2014 with Guardians of the Galaxy. He took what he learned from those first two movies, helped improve on it with this one, and then brought it back around for Guardians 3. I think that there's there's so much and there's so much to love about this movie. There are so many characters, real C and D listers of the DC universe that he takes and makes you care about. Ratcatcher 2, Bloodsport. I love me some King Shark, but does anybody actually care about him outside of the Harley Quinn animated series? No. Give him Sylvester <laughs> Stallone's voice. He's one of the cuddliest <laughs> characters I've ever seen. The, the guy is meant and and one of the common criticisms about superhero movies, especially I'd say over the last 10 years, is that the climax, the big showy CGI fight with the big creature or the big beam in the sky, it just it gets old after a while. He makes you care about Starro. Starro is not only terrifying, he is tragic. He was an ab- he was an abuse victim. And the fact that they have no choice but to kill him, it's kind of sad. And when you send him, when he's staring back up into space, it's like this creature just wanted to exist. And we, we were the cause of why that, of why he had to die. You know, it's, it's, it's a one, it's an excellent movie, excellent replay value. You can go back and watch it. You need, you can watch just it and nothing else in the DCEU and be fine. And as Kofi mentioned, what spun off from this was Peacemaker, a legitimately excellent show. John Cena at his finest. And this is coming from somebody who was with him since 05 when he first won the WWE Championship. This is the best he's ever been. And the fact that Waller is a show that's coming tells me that whatever com- becomes of that show and Peacemaker Season 2, this is the thing that will undoubtedly be saved for whatever the DCU winds up being. I know we've said that Blue Beetle will show up in this somehow, but they've already said, yeah, the first movie doesn't count. So you can you can kind of skip it. I don't feel obliged to go watch it for whatever Booster Gold winds up being. But I will say, if you want to get into the DCU, if you want to hop on before Superman Legacy and Creature Commandos, watch this, watch Peacemaker. Okay. Wow. Those nice. Are your number one picks. Oh my gosh. Um, I, I'm scared. <laughs> I don't want to get so much flack, but if you've been following along, you know what's been missing. So, uh, my graphic. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Now that we're finishing everybody's list. My number one is actually Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> okay. I knew I liked you, Janelle. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I. I don't know if you remember, but when this came out, I watched it four times, four times. I watched it twice by myself and twice with my husband. And I just, and I just loved it. It was not a movie. It was an experience. It was a cinematic experience. I, and, and thank God it wasn't in a movie theater because it was so long that you would have to leave halfway through. It was so nice to be able to like pause it and, 
go go do your own thing. <laughs> do what you need so to what, do. What you're saying is it's a movie that doesn't actually work as a movie. Yeah, it, it should have been. It should have been a show, honestly. But um, but I regardless, I just loved it. The style. I love Zack Snyder's vision in this. I'm so grateful that we had a chance to kind of like make a record breaking thing. Like this has never happened like that. A director gets to come out with whatever they wanted, uh, like years and years after a film has come out. I mean, th this kind of, I know that it's toxic. I know that all of, besides all of that stuff as a fan of these characters, it was kind of like what I needed. It was a final chapter. It closed that book for me on the justice league. And it was everything that I had hoped that the first one was obviously it's way darker. It's different than like, Avengers, which is poppy and bright and colorful. And I love that. Like, I loved what it was. Um, it was obviously a major win compared to the, the one that was out in theaters. And um, yeah, it was just epic. It was, it just felt so powerful. And the fact that I watched it that many times, right when it came out, just kind of goes to show you that like, it was, it was very special to me. So, yeah. All right. That leaves just me. And to wrap up this nearly 90 minute debate slash rundown, <laughs> uh, if you've been paying attention, it should be no surprise that my number one is Man of Steel. Um, as I've said, it, this is one you can go back and look. If you just Google Screen Rant Man of Steel review, you'll find me. And I saw it first day, had my review, saw it before opening day, released my review. Um, I think this one stands up in, in, against the test of time as the greatest visual representation of Superman on screen that I've seen in terms of just realizing his powers, realizing kind of his, like the fight mechanics, um, the fight mechanics between, you know, Zod and Superman at the end are 10 times better than what the Wachowskis did in the end of the matrix revolutions. That's Go a low bar. Right. But it's still like that was amazing at the time as like super powered flying people fighting. Okay. This was 10 times better. Um, yeah, I, I actually like the fact that Snyder and, and the team and even Chris Nolan helping out jumped in to give you this more complicated, forcing you to examine Superman in, in the new, more complicated world we had built around it. Uh, I like Matt also really respect this as the start of an arc that was going to be something really epic. As we see, and you look back now through what happens to Superman through, you know, Batman v Superman and Justice League, Snyder Cut and his rebirth. Like, yeah, the whole killing to kind of coming back from the dead as this new, more hopeful Superman by the end as a literal kind of rebirth was interesting. I think the time dynamic, oh, any of that, but just staying with Man of Steel. I, uh, this was, I, I started doing this job at a time when it was kind of being looked at that Snyder and Nolan would be the two shepherds of what the dceu was going to be after the batman franchise and, and nolan said i'm not going to direct any more batman but i'll help you with the rest of this stuff for a brief period and then after man of steel and all that he was like all right enough of this crap like i'm out <laughs> i'm tired of arguing superheroes but um their dna both lives in that movie and i think it's a very interesting mix i like the non-linear storytelling I like how it kind of jumps around. I know that some people think that sacrifices the romance between Clark and Lois, but I see them meeting and respecting each other differently. It's not like an all oh, shucks. You're a super powered hunk. Like I love you. And Oh, Clark, you're not like, uh, I don't like this Clark Kent guy. Um, it's Lois being really smart, 
being really capable, kind of tracking down the fact of who this guy is and then kind of, you know, respecting him as a subject and then kind of getting to know him and being kind of sketched about him at first, but beginning to see that he has like this good heart and all that stuff and getting to really like him and um, and her. And I like that she never really goes full Gaga. Yes, it's a comic movie and they have to have a weird kiss in a moment of weird destructionness. But I like how it it's one of my favorite endings. And it's just when she just says, like, they're still flirting at the end. She says, like, welcome to the planet. And, and you know, it kind of gives him that knowing smile is that's sexy, man. Like, that's that's intellectual, modern, sexy. I like that. Um, but yeah, Man of Steel visually holds up some of the best villains ever in comic book movies with Michael Shannon Zod is just one of the greatest comic book movie villains, period. Like the conviction in his face when he says he wants to do this for his planet and destroy another one. I feel like Michael Shannon might be still out there trying to help an alien alien race wipe out our planet because that's how serious he is about it. Um, Aurora Andre, uh, I can't pronounce her name, um, but I don't want to, and Shay, I keep butchering it, but uh, she was amazing. The henchman and, and the girl with the pixie haircut, yeah. Yeah. Um, amazing and and the support and just like a stack supporting cast that is just really fantastic from Christopher Manoli. Uh, oh my god, I am gonna get flame My brain is dead. We are at the end of this. The whole supporting cast is some of the finest character actors in TV and like film today. It, it's 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 nuts how good everybody is in that movie. Uh, and yeah, even the more controversial, complicated points, I I, I really now as I. Time goes on and I change as a person. Like I said, that Pa Kent stuff sticks in my head more and more as a father now of a young son. And and would I have the selflessness to tell my son to go out there and put himself at risk for the whole world of other people besides our family? Like, I don't know if I am that kind of strong person. Um, so like, yeah, it, it, it really does kind of stand the test of time as cinema. So that's why I put Man of Steel at the top of my list. And it started this whole thing off, really. So there you go. Um, man, it's been an epic, long breakdown, but there you have it. Those are our respective rankings for the DCEU movies. We are so curious to know which list you guys agree with the most. We're putting it up on the screen now. If you're watching this visually, pause, take a long look. See who you agree with, and then let us know. If you are listening to this in audio form, you can pretty much go back over it and hear our individual picks, or just watch the video and, and get the visuals, and check out our socials where we'll post our rankings and let people argue it over there. If you are just getting into Comic Book Nation for this, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page where you can watch all of these shenanigans that we are on and uh, see all this stuff regularly and subscribe on your pa favorite podcast platforms. If you want to represent or let people know that you agreed with their list or you didn't like their list or whatever, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw and you can find Matt who had to take off at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. And you can find me at Connor Casey CBS. Thank you guys for jumping in and doing this DCEU breakdown with us after this summer. It was very necessary. And like I said, do any of us actually care about where Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom could fall on this list and change our no. rankings and upset Not this really. whole thing? 
Not really. No, no it's kind of over, right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. it's over. I'll it's go over. watch the Batman again. That one's good. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. I really am excited for it because it's content, but I'm not worried about my list lineup. Yeah, we saw the trailers and I they're already trying to sell this to me like Thor The Dark World. They're like, it's a brother buddy comedy. I was like, yeah, that's what they said about Thor The Dark World. <laughs> Don't try to play me again. All right. We're going to get out of here. This has been our DCEU rankings. This is Comic Book Nation. Thank you for joining us. Peace. Later.